Hello, and welcome to the Parental Advisory Movie Podcast. We are your hosts, Jeff Hall and Patrick Terry. We're two dads with a love for movies. Join us as we discuss movies we have seen with our kids, as well as movies we have seen without them. Hello and welcome to another amazing episode. Hi, Patrick. How's it going? Good, Jeff. How are you? About relapse to our old intros. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I don't have to do that. Started having flashbacks. It's kind of funny. But yeah, no, uh, doing well, man. Doing well. It's, it's cold, but not too cold. The sun's always. Right. At least there's sun. Last few days of the week, I was just like, nah, can't do it. I'd rather stay home. But, um,. Especially the midweek, man. That was brutal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. True story. Yeah. So, uh, what's new? Anything? Um, not really. Not much. It's been pretty somewhat boring week. Okay. Not much, I mean, not much activity. That's Those are kind of good weeks, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of look forward to those every now and then. Yeah, you know, of course, you know, work was a little hectic Tuesday, Wednesday, yeah. but then it calmed down finally. Yeah. So hopefully this week will be a little smoother. Good. Same. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, so <laughs> we've, uh, it's been weird. It's been a weird, kind of a weird week. Um, so <laughs> I've had a cut. There's very few moments where I'm like, you know what? This joke is really funny and needs to be told to everybody. Because most of the time they're just for me and I'll laugh about something and then it'll be the end of it. But there's sometimes I'm like, this is like genius level. And one of those instances was uh, last. No. I think I was I was playing a. I thought I was playing a game with Grayson, but I think I was actually playing Monopoly with Yorick. Mm-hmm. And he started to—he uh, started to not panic because he knew I was doing really well. And it's—it's it's funny how when you try and teach your kids how to play Monopoly and then the strategy behind it. Yeah. And one of the best strategies other than obviously buying the cheap, all the cheap property, if you can, or get them all, you know, on that first row, you know, you know, kind of the first turn there buy those. And then, you know, basically just save up and then build the property there and then just wait till someone unfortunately lands on it. Right. Uh, one of the other strategies is if you know, you're going to land on a specific, like if you if you've been noticing that you're landing on the same property over and over again, but you don't want to buy it because it's either too expensive or you know you're not going to want to build on it, or you're not landing on any of the other colors. A good strategy though would still be to go ahead and buy it, right. <laughs> because then the other person doesn't buy it, it then makes money off of you landing on it. True. So everybody knows that. I think most people, let me rephrase that. Most people, I think, know that Park Place and Boardwalk is just kind of a waste of money because the odds of you landing on those are just so slim that it doesn't it doesn't justify paying the cost to buy said property or to buy it and then 
build up on it because the uh, it's just it makes better sense to get one of the cheaper ones and build up its return on investment type of thing. Right. Look at me trying to sound like I know what I'm talking about when it comes to money and <laughs> odds, and I'm terrible with all these things. It's just I've been playing Monopoly for enough years to kind of pick up on these things. Yeah. So York kept playing on Park Place, and he, at one point he was going to buy it. It's like, you sure you want to, man? Because you know the and I tried to explain to him the whole theory behind that, and you know I kind of got him talked out of it. He ends up playing on it like one or two more times, and still doesn't buy it. I land on it one time, and I go ahead and buy it. He's like, wait, what? What are you doing? I'm like. It's like you told me not to buy it. I said I didn't. I said I recommended you didn't. Just now explained to you. But here's the thing, York. You keep landing on it over yeah. and over again. So I'm gonna buy it. So when you keep landing on it, <laughs> I'm gonna make money off. You, you owe me. <laughs> and he did three times, and he was pissed off every single time. I said, Hey, listen, man. All right, don't panic. Okay, we only panic at the disco. We don't panic anywhere else. Only at the disco. <laughs> He's like. He just gate shot me that you know middle school look like, don't, no, no. He's like, stop, stop <laughs> that right now. I'm like, I was like, whatever. That's freaking genius gold right there. So now I'm trying to make that a thing. <laughs> it's like we only. It's like let's not panic. We only do that at the disco. <laughs> All right, now count now count how many times I blink. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyways. It was pretty funny, and uh, we uh, usually whenever it used to be whenever York and I would play Monopoly, he wouldn't buy anything. Like he just kept playing and playing, like trying to pass go and not really buying anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm all about the railroads. Like I'll be happy just buying, all, getting all four railroads and making money off of that every time. And <laughs> so he would just like buy some random property here, some there. I'm like. Buddy, I'm trying to like help him. He's like, this is what he's wanting to do. I'm like, all right. I'm not sure why we're playing, but okay. Just keep doing it. And I hate the setup and the takedown of playing it. This is why I love playing Monopoly on the iPad. Mm-hmm. Because all that's done for you. It's all calculated. It does all the math for you. Yeah. And even has like a speed play where it like it'll skip through the animations. You could play with somebody or you could play against the computer. It's amazing. And yeah, it does all that stuff for you. And that's why I love playing it on there, on the device, as opposed to the actual board game. Because it's right. just a man, the ass to have to deal with all that money and everything. But, yeah. Uh, so I was trying to teach him all that. We had, we actually got to where both of us only had, or by the time we got done playing, because we had to go somewhere, we uh, we had one property that hadn't been purchased mm-hmm. on the entire game. I don't think I've ever played a game where that's been a thing. Maybe against my brother when we were York's age. Or when I was York's age. But I don't remember ever doing that. Like with the kids. I was like, look at that. And neither one. And so both of us are catching on to where you just buy one. Like if you know the other person is trying to get a specific color. That if you land on the one they need. And you just go ahead and buy it. Then they can't build. So we were both doing that <laughs> to each other. 
strategy. He, yep. He he had one property he was able to build on, and I would never land on it. And it would piss him off because I would never land on it. Fast forward to last night, Grayson wanted to play. We have the uh, Golden Girls edition to Monopoly. And she needs a little more help because she's seven, so she's still learning and everything. Right. So she's also... We, and we really didn't have a whole lot of time to play. So we actually, uh, there's a speed version of it, I guess, in the instructions or fast play. So basically, you, you still deal out the same amount of money, but you shuffle the 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 property cards, mm-hmm. and then you hand out three to each player. So you start off with three random pieces of property. And then instead of needing four houses you can just use you just need three before you can go to a hotel okay. so we just went ahead and did that and did it that way that we got started but it was a lot of fun and then she was having to kind of learn some tricks and everything and then i got the the first two uh right there by go and just boom i put up two hotels right away because i had the cash for it and she landed on it twice i'm like hey. Eighty for your sister, but this is how we learn. <laughs> Retain and learn, and then beat me at it the next time we play. Yeah, and that's what York's done over time. He's picked up on all that, and so you know, I, I love it when I can show him things and then he picks up on it. But I also hate it because <laughs> it does make him such a better player. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> here we are. Like it becomes the teacher. <laughs> yep, exactly. Pretty much. And he's taught me a couple of things here and there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we've been having fun doing that. And then, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. But it, it's uh, it's been something. Oh, and a, uh, so now, you know how I always like to recycle. And usually on Sundays, Grace and I go do recycling because she loves to help. Mm-hmm. And we, we, uh, we went to go to recycle, which is now just two minutes away. We hadn't been to recycling since before Christmas. So I still got like boxes that toys came in and stuff like that. Yeah. Either just been busy or definitely the weather has not been super great for it. Well, apparently so did everybody else in the area. Cause we got there. I've got the, I've got the back of Ruth's uh, Forrester, <laughs> nothing but cardboard, the front seat, front passenger seat, cardboard, some plastic and then uh where york would sit is more cardboard like it's ridiculous the amount of cardboard we still have in there and we went there all four giant cardboard bins were overflowing like they hadn't been emptied out i was like this would figure like you know what to the recycling place up in mount juliet that's fine drive all the way out there and forgot you have to have wilson county tags in order to use it or proof of residency. I'm like, shit. <laughs> this, my 20 minute total trip wound up being almost two hours from the That's time great. we left to the house, to the time we got home. And we still have a car full of cardboard that I got to get rid of this afternoon. I, uh, but we did get her car, but put gas in her car, take it to the car wash. So we at least got something done. <laughs> Yeah, and we got to, and we did get all the plastic and the and glass uh, 
you know, taken care of while we were there. So it wasn't a complete waste, but gotta hold off out, of, out of all the things we could have not been able to do, <laughs> cardboard would have been the one that I wish we could have. Yeah. So, but, oh, well, is what it is. So, but I love trying to get the kids on board with recycling and teaching them the importance of it. So it just sucks that it also shows how much stuff we we collect over a course of time. So, yeah. But then you think about that just in your community, how much collects and then so on and so on. It's just amazing. We've been able to survive as a species for as long as we have with the amount of stuff we, we collect. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. All right, brother, let's, uh, Oh, TV. Yep. Uh, what have you been watching this week? TV wise? I finished. I watched the latest episode of Peacemaker. Yeah. And um, I mean, I'm still liking it. But every time I hear Vigilante, it's like, sound like this guy's doing his best impression of Ryan Reynolds playing Deadpool. <laughs> I could kind of see that, but like a nerdier version of it. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I like it. I like it. I just keep hearing him like, I mean, it's cool. But I don't know if that was intentional. Right. James Gunn had, like wrote it that way. But um, or he's just he wrote that in a way where like, hey, if we're doing Deadpool, I need to be the one to direct it. Maybe that's his, yeah, right. his thing. Um, but yeah, I did like the episode. I liked it, too, because it 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 was funny in the sense that so Vigilante, also known as Adrian Chase, mm-hmm. was a character in Arrow for season four. Five, I want to say four or five. Adrian Chase was a major villain, I guess you could say, but was never known as Vigilante, just Adrian Chase. And he's played a lot more straightforward, a lot more sinister, I guess is a good way to put it. Okay. But in this show, he's like a total goof. Like, he's this, I mean, you look at him, he looks like Michael Bolton from Office Space. <laughs> Yes, and <laughs> he looks like him, but with a higher, higher octave voice, and just you know, just kind of a total nerd. Yeah, but he goes in, you know, uh, one of the characters talks him into taking out Peacemaker's dad in prison or in jail, not prison, but jail, and so he tries to find a way to get into the jail. So he's over here trying to lift this giant, this heavy ass trash can to throw through the window in front of all the deputies outside taking the smoke break or eating lunch. Yeah. And he's like, why is this thing so heavy? <laughs> What's it made out of? Right. And he just can't lift it. You know, he just can't lift it. And like, so they end up, you know, arresting him and put him in jail. And so he goes to the table with, uh, with, was it, was it Augie? I think Augie Smith. Uh, I think it's something yeah. like that for, uh, Robert Patrick's character, you know, this white supremacist leader of this group or whatever. Yeah. And all these other dudes are sitting at the table and he sits down and (laughs) starts trying to strike up a conversation and, and ends up talking a bunch of shit to him. And I'm like, you as an audience person watching the show are like, Oh, he's straight up going to get his butt whipped here. Yeah. And then you are pleasantly surprised at the outcome. 
Yeah, he, he handled business. He, yeah, he did. Yeah. Straight up. I'm like, oh, okay, he's just an idiot. Yeah. But he's an idiot. Yeah, he's an idiot with a special set of skills. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, oh, my God, dude. I mean, that's a Uh, good cover. You know, you play off goofy and then you just lay into him. Oh, I didn't expect this. (laughs) Right. And by the time they realize it's too late. (laughs) Yeah. I was expecting, damn, it feels good to be a gangster to be playing (laughs) while he's doing it. That would be funny. That That would have been been hilarious. Uh, bitching about TPS reports. Good stuff. <laughs> um, no, I enjoyed it too. I, um, yeah, it's a good series so far. Yeah. Learn a little more about Peacemaker's character. I didn't yeah. really care for him in the movie, but now you're learning, getting the layers of it. I'm like, all right, I, I'm, I'm cool. I still don't watch the intro. I still can't do it anymore. I skip. <laughs> That's funny. Cause, um, York's mom says that's she she'll watch that because that's just her happy place. You know, it's kind of her happy place right now. Is watching that intro. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I watched it the first time, but I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good now. <laughs> uh, what'd you think of this week's Boba Fett? That's one I haven't caught up on yet. Okay. I'm still I still gotta catch up on it. So I've only I'm still I'm still only at the one episode. Okay. Yeah. So. Got nothing to add. <laughs> okay, no rush. It it is. Uh, in, it's it's another good one. It's it seems like in every episode they have to break into someplace. <laughs> like they're having to. <laughs> they're always having to either they're either doing a heist from a train or they're having to break into a complex. Like I was like, dude, you're like, you don't have a key to any of these places. <laughs> Just come on in. Right, but he had to break back into Jabba's palace. Uh, in the he had to break back into Jabba's palace, and I thought that was kind of cool how they did it. And um, Ming Na Wen's uh, character I can't think of her name, think of it right now, but I guess I didn't remember that she was a robot. But Murder. yeah, I completely forgot she was a robot, and apparently this is all. Explain back to back in Mandalorian. I'm like, okay, then I just obviously missed it because I was like, oh wow, what a cool reveal! I was like, so she's a robot. Okay, that makes that's kind of cool. And then I asked somebody about it. And I'm like, is this one of those things that was kind of a cool reveal, or was this something I just am just clueless about? Yeah. Oh yeah, they talked about it back in Mandalorian. Like, oh, all right. Well, then it's just been a minute. So I said, well, that adds some depth to the character. So I like that. Yeah. So you kind of have a better understanding. I was like, okay, cool. I dig it. But it also kind of shows their relationship and when their their origin story as a team, I guess. So. Right. But and the search for his armor. So it's pretty cool. I dug it. Um. I have started. So I started watching Mythic Quest on Apple TV Plus, which if anybody's ever watched The Guild uh, with Felicia Day and all them, this is kind of similar to that. It's about Rob McElhinney, who's from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and uh, Daniel Pudi from Community are in this. That's going to be the ones. And F. Murray Abraham, of all people, are in the show. And it's about this... this uh, basically a world of warcraft type company 
and the it's an office show about making the game and how to improve the game and then office dynamics within within the show it's a comedy it's it's really funny uh the third episode is one of my favorites it's where they discover the uh, customer service person keeps getting a lot of complaints because apparently there's a group of people that are they were able to discover there's a group of people that are having like a big white supremacy uh following on the game mm-hmm. and so they meet on the game they're burning swastikas into the into the trees so when you do an aerial view it's, you'd see the giant swastika and everything so instead of banning those players what they did was uh rob mecco and his character ended up having characters designed to do uh to do the salute to kind of because his his goal is to help you know because the only people that will use these you know like emoticons and different things will be the nazis and that's how you draw them out okay instead of just banning those users that are actively a part of this like no we'll just draw them out this way and look uh they get these cool little lightning patches well they look like ss patches <laughs> like well no they're like cool little lightning things and we just put it on there and so it's funny because it's satirical and you're like this is the dumbest thing <laughs> that anybody could do so meanwhile the we programmer uh poppy is trying to get she wants something with her name that she could say hey i created this this is my thing you know, without anybody else's input, this is my thing. This is what we're using for the game. And goes on to talk about uh, this thing called Dinner Party, where people can get together and socialize in the game. But what they did, so what she ended up doing was launching Dinner Party with a, basically like a protest, where people can gather and, you know, protest against the not you know, the Nazis on this game. So, what they do a good job of is not only just the live action, you know, these characters are talking, but also what's going on in the game itself in the online game. So it shows just a bunch of, uh, you know, like medieval dressed characters, uh, just standing around trying to gather for the protest. The only problem is here come all the Nazis also like on a raid riding like these animals and everything. And they come through and start plowing through all the people at the dinner party. (laughs) So what ends up happening is they're able to then isolate all those people that were involved in the raid and put them on a separate server so that all the people that they, the only people that they interact with on the game are other like-minded people. So they end up arguing and killing each other and taking each other out but they're isolated from everybody else in the game. So like, um, what's Dr. Strange, what does Dr. Strange call it? The prism dimension or something like that? The mirror, mirror dimension. Mirror dimension. Yes. So basically it's like a mirror dimension for the game. Okay. So they think they're all playing the game interacting, but then it turns out they're just by themselves, you know, separated from everybody else playing the game. So, and one of my favorite shots is that they, take some masking tape and put it on the, in the server room. Oh, and they take masking tape and write 
Nazis or Nazi room or something like that over the server. And then it pans up and then pans away to show all the other servers in the room. So it's like an homage to Raiders of the Lost Ark last scene. <laughs> so wow. that's a tough one. Yeah, that scene. So it's really funny. And I thought that was a great, clever homage to that. So, but yeah, uh, I'm on, it's got two seasons. The first season was a uh, 11 episodes. Second season was nine. And I believe the second season just came out not too long ago, but I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's, it may not be for everybody, but if you like, uh, kind of dark comedy stuff like that, you, you'll enjoy this. It's got some good stuff. The last two episodes, I think are like zoom episodes because it was right when the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which is kind of funny because one of the last, right before that, the idea that Rob McElhinney came character uh, came up with was about uh, he had an idea for Blood Ocean. He thought the two words just sounded really awesome and wanted to find a way to make it something in the game, either something you had to go, you know, search for or a potion or. Uh, you know, some sort of body of water, like something. And finally decided it would be a disease that people got and contracted from others. And so they would puke up blood. And then also basically blood would be coming out both ends. Mm. And then that's how uh, they introduced it into the game. And then the very next episode, they're doing a zoom episode because the pandemic hit. And that's just kind of funny. It's like, damn, talk about timing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, But yeah, Mythic Quest is very, very good. I highly recommend that if you like that kind of comedy or those, you know, type of shows. Yeah. Um, So then um, the other show that I've, you know, I posted on a group page was Archive 81 on on Netflix. Which is within the first 20 minutes, I was hooked. Like it didn't take much. I was on board. I said, you know what? All right. You've was the, uh, what's the quote from Django? First you had, uh, first you had my curiosity. Now you have my attention. Something like that. It's It's probably, it's been a minute since I watched it. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yep. We'll go with that. Yeah. Um, that's how I felt with the show. So Archive 81 is on Netflix. Uh, it's, it's about an archivist that is hired to restore a collection of tapes and finds himself reconstructing the work of a filmmaker in her investigation into a dangerous cult. Starring, you're the one that knows his name better because you're the one that always watches movies with him. Is it um, Mamadou Athi? Yes. Okay, I want to be sure I pronounce the first name right, because I'm like, ah, I'm going to butcher that. Uh, he plays Dan Turner, the archivist. He was in The Circle, Black Box, Underwater, The Get Down, a bunch of things we have covered on the show. And, uh, yeah. Anyways, um, then Dina Shahabi plays Melody Pendris. And these are kind of our two main characters. He's watching these videos, trying to clean them up, trying to restore them. I was hired to do that. And in doing so is uncovering 
what's going on in this the strange things occur in this apartment building and at one point either an alien or a demon or something kind of starts to come out of the screen yeah it really kind of trips you up and everything but you get so involved in what is going on and after every episode you're you have your i've always said it's i've been telling people it's kind of it's reminiscent of lost in the sense that you get a bunch of questions and you need to have you really want to have them answered if you can't get them episode and you but you know you're not going to get them answered in the episode you're watching so you really hope that they answer it in the next episode and sometimes they do sometimes they don't mm-hmm. and if one and for every question that gets answered another one gets gets brought up that you that you now need answered and they do a great job as far as the script on the scripts on these episodes and being able to keep the audience interested and wondering what's going on and needing to know all these things. It is dark. It is actually fairly scary too. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's one, if you watch at night, with the lights out and it's, yeah, you get you. Yeah. It'll get you. And it's wonderfully acted, beautifully directed shot very well it is it's it's a creep fest i like it it'll it'll it'll, uh because you think okay well maybe it has to do with aliens okay or something like that of that nature and then but you're like well but it also sounds kind of cultish in a way right but okay but there's this weird like moon rock thing or asteroid rock Okay, well maybe it's just maybe it's just back maybe we're back to aliens. <laughs> and like, okay, so why is he being hired to do this? What's this guy's involvement? Why does he care? Okay, well that still doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. One flashback episode. That's all it is. One flashback episode. Uh, and that I mean the entire episode's a flashback, which is not what you expect, but it's also one of the creepier ones too. Yeah. So yeah, it's like I mean, oh, it's a <clears throat> like they somehow even got a Hollywood like they literally took darts, threw them at a board for for plot points, and somehow made them all connect. And I don't know how they pulled that off, but they did. But they even got a snuff film worked into this show. Yeah, I'm like, wow, we're really doing everything in this show. Because it always starts off with some kind of advertisement or something from. From the past and you're just like yes what is this and then it, <laughs> it goes into the episode but then it keeps you guessing like as far as what's going on who's involved with what does this guy have a good support team right you know because i started had questions about you know the people around him and i'm like i don't know if i trust him i don't know if i like him then one moment they redeem themselves and they do something suspicious you're like all right i was almost i was almost with you now i'm like i don't know <laughs> yeah so but yeah, it was good. It's just one of those that keeps you on your toes as far as watching. When you think you got it figured out, it does something that just pulls pulls you right your sweeps your feet and you're like, Yep, what just happened? And just right back at the beginning and try to figure it out. Yep. And yeah. And then it ends you're like, Oh I was like, Oh cool, they got it set up for a season two. But then you yeah. realize it's Netflix and you know Oh, you know. wanted a season two? Okay, we'll cancel you. So fingers crossed that they'll make it season two because it is very well done. 
I cannot recommend this show enough is it's one of the very few that I'll just be like, you guys really, if you haven't watched it, you really should because it's really good. Like this is really good. And if they don't want to do episodes, they can just wrap it up in a movie, make it a two hour right? movie and wrap yes. it up. Yep. yep. That too. They've got it all yep. set up and just, there you go. Do it in yeah. one little two hour finale, oh. special episode yeah. or something like that. Yeah, totally. But yeah, no, that's, one of those I keep trying to recommend to people ever since. I'm like, you guys have got to see this. Alright. Alright. Let's get into our movies. For our feature presentation this week, we finally got out and saw Scream. Also known as Scream 5, if you're keeping track of what number we're on. But yeah. this one does not have a number in the title. Just, just like Halloween. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So, it's the sequel with the same name as the original title. <laughs> right. It's the sequel slash retconning of screen. Well, not really. It's still a sequel. It's, yeah. Yeah, you can't even remember the name of retcon. It's just a sequel. Um, so before we get started, I listened to the uh, Unspoiled podcast uh, episode of that they did of the original Scream. Mm-hmm. And behind the scenes, and uh, you know, different uh, interviews and everything they talked about, and I guess, and I never knew this, but I guess, uh, so Kevin Williamson, who was the one that wrote the script, and then Wes Craven directed the movie, the original. Uh, Kevin Williamson, of most people that are at least our age, will know him from uh, creating Felicity, Dawson's Creek those things and then making and then writing scream and i know what you did last summer and going on from there so apparently i unaware to me was that i guess kevin kevin williamson's been uh he he's been uh he's been trying to use words and they're not coming together. Anyways, Kevin Williamson apparently has been openly gay for years. There we go. That's how I was trying to word that. But So when they were asking about whether or not, because I guess there's been some theories about Billy and Stu being like having a, not just a bromance, but there being like awkward feelings. And that's why what their original motive was. Yeah. And there uh, was that they're doing all this. Because Stu just kind of went along just because Billy wanted him to do it. So he, since he has feelings for Billy, he went along for the ride, as he put it. Uh, And Billy's motives were, you know, obviously he was that uh, basically his (laughs) Sydney's mom drove, you know, drove their his parents apart. and, And that's why, you know, they don't have, you know, his parents aren't together. Because I'm sure there wasn't anything else going on <laughs> that probably caused it, but whatever. But I found it interesting that uh, I, I found that theory kind of more interesting. Like, oh, that maybe they were kind of, you know, got a thing. More, had a thing, but it just wasn't like very well presented. Of course, uh, so the new screen came 
was released 25 years and 25 days after the original came out. So if you think about how much we just as a culture have changed yeah. uh, and shifted and, you know, different progressed, I guess, uh, as a, as a society and everything that, you know, if this, if the original screen were made now, that probably would be more prevalent and probably more established, I guess, instead yeah. of just kind of leaving the audience wondering. And Kevin Williams was like, yeah, I kind of left it kind of like that, where it was just kind of ambiguous, like it could have been. Like, maybe they had a thing, maybe they didn't. But, and maybe that's why they're doing this, and that's why. And then they tried to get into, uh, Paul and Amy tried to get into who killed who. Like, like which one, like, as far as Ghostface, but, like, which, was it Billy Ghostface or Stu Ghostface that killed, you know, X character? Right. And I'm like, I don't have that kind of time. <laughs> I just, like, nah, they just figured it out from there. Yeah. Uh, I don't need the theories on that because it's not going to make sense because of the edits. True. So you just roll with it and just <laughs> wait for the explanation at the end. Yeah. All right. Meanwhile, getting back to getting back to the most recent scream. Uh, so yeah, this is 25 years after the original series of murders in Woodsboro, a new ghost face emerges and Sidney Prescott must return to uncover the truth. So we ha- we are introduced to new characters that you know to kind of bring bring in the new blood, no pun intended. Uh, but we have Melissa Barrera as Sam Carpenter, Jack Quaid as Richie Kirsch, uh, Mikey Madison as Amber Freeman, Jenna Ortega as Tara Carpenter. Dylan Minette as Wes Hicks, Jasmine Savoy-Brown as Mindy Meeks-Martin, and Mason Gooding as Chad Meeks-Martin, Sonia Amar as Liv McKenzie, and then we have kind of like our, we have some of our uh, franchise people. We have Marley Shelton as Deputy Judy Hicks, Skeet Ulrich as Billy Loomis, done as obviously a ghost of or you know person that is seen in visions of the show or the character. Roger Jackson voices Ghostface for the fifth time. <laughs> and Heather uh, Metazaro as Martha Meeks. And then, of course, Nev Campbell reprises the role as Sidney Prescott. Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers. And David Arquette as Dewey Riley. So essentially, the movie opens with the movie opens with Tara Carpenter answering the phone, and you know that whole thing like they do at the beginning of the of every scream. Yeah. And Ghostface, you know, is chasing her. She survives though. Uh, she winds up in the winds up in the hospital. She survives. It's interesting how they the use of technology yeah. has now changed because now it's she's using her phone to hit the locks to lock all the locks in the house, yeah. and uh, you know then it going unlock and then lock and then unlock and lock it. Phone hacking. Yep. And phone then hacking. phone cloning. Cloning, cloning yes. too. Yes. Yep. Because basically he uh, Tara's got to answer 
you know, answer the questions to Ghostface or else his her best friend Amber will die. And there's video of her, you know, playing on the computer and all that. Yeah. Meanwhile, her sister is, you know, there's some history between her and her sister and her sister leaving, uh, moving away. So there's some relationship, sisterly relationship rebuilding, having to, uh, having to get fixed, uh, now that she's in the hospital, they talk about how her mom's away. No Mm -hmm. one's ever, she's not known as anything else. Other mom, you still don't know who her mom is. Like it never tells you her, even like the character's name. It's true. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe it's charisma. It could be charisma carpenter. (laughs) (laughs) DC. Yep. There you go. Uh, That's a Buffy joke for everybody. Um, But it's great because there's a lot of nods into this film or in this movie, like choosing the last name Carpenter after John Carpenter, because this movie is the original is highly influenced by Halloween. Mm -hmm. And so it's got its fingerprints all over that. And they recognize it in this film. And so they are using, uh, so they use John Carpenter as an homage. Dylan Minnette's character, Wes Hicks, is an homage to Wes Craven, who had passed uh, before this movie. And so he had directed the previous four, but obviously wasn't around to direct this one. So as an homage, they named him after that. There's a shot downtown as they're showing the small town of Woodsboro's downtown area. And you pass by a street sign that says Elm Street. So another nod to Wes Craven. So stuff like that's really nice. Well, uh, one character's got Dawson's Creek on. So that's a nod to Kevin Williamson. So it's it's got some fun little Easter eggs that even I was, I mean, almost beat you over the head kind of Easter eggs that are very noticeable, not super subtle, but yeah. still nice nonetheless. I'm like, I see what they did there. That's nice. Yeah. But basically, Tara and her friends, you know, are, have to now figure out who the, you know, now having to deal with the fact that this guy's back again, that Ghostface has returned, and but they're trying to figure out why they're going after Tara, or why they went after Tara. And then some rando dude got killed. Uh, then another person. Uh, but as soon as Sam uh, found out that Tara was in the hospital, her and her boyfriend. Richie, played by Jack Wade, come rushing to come back to Woodsboro. And so they're now all trying to put the pieces together. And so they enlist, they're trying to enlist the help of Dewey, who at this point is living in like a trailer park, watching, he's watching Gail Weathers on Good Morning LA or whatever morning show she's hosting for a while for LA. And so you you know they're not together again, and you can just tell he's just worn, like he's just worn out. Yeah, mentally, worn, physically, everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you get stabbed nine times, you know that that'll Take do. Take a lot out of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I I have always loved David Arquette's character in this franchise. He's always been my favorite character in this franchise. Mm-hmm. He started off kind of goofy, but 
you know, very charming and the person you kind of root for. And as the, you know, as the series progresses, he becomes more and more less goofy because he's more, I guess you could say battle worn. (laughs) He's been through it all. And you just always feel sorry for him. Like, yeah, they, uh, but they did a good job. I really like David Arquette as an actor. I wish he was in more things. Uh, I just, yeah, I just really, and I really like him in this. So he begrudgingly agrees to go help out. And he starts interviewing people and he's like, well, just know it's going to be somebody that's close to you and your friends. It may even be one of your friends. Yeah. So basically like Jamie Kennedy said in the original, everyone's a suspect. <laughs> yep. They even had the scene pretty much similar to the first where he was given the rules of yeah. horror movies. Like, you know, as far as suspects don't um, even mentioning never say I'll be back. <laughs> Cause right. it's like a curse word, curse phrase. Yeah. It was it was cool callbacks to the first one, which I actually yeah. started watching last night, but it got late, and I just I almost watched it all. But I'm like, I need to go sleep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I might do that this week. Okay. Yeah. The so there's a lot of things that that I really liked about this movie. It it still kind of kept with the tradition of the previous movies, mm-hmm. even to like specific shots. Like almost shot for like shot for shot. Like there's a scene where there's a party. <clears throat> they run out of beer, so they have to go to the basement, not to the garage, but to the basement to go get more beer. And as soon as the the person opens the door, it's shooting down or shooting uh, upwards, and the watcher flip on the light switch just like they did with Rose McGowan when she went into the garage put the light switch on in the original (laughs) and i'm like okay i'm liking these homages but at some point if you do too many of them it's gonna it's gonna to me it would come across more as laziness and having your own artistic vision Mm -hmm. on how to shoot things because you're relying so much on the previous movie and I felt that that was really kind of towing the line on this movie kind of towed the line on that. And while, while I do enjoy a few of those, I don't want to see them like every other scene though, because again, then it comes across as almost laziness, mm-hmm. but I thought they really towed the line on that or were able to, because you really want as a director want to be able to portray your, your artistic vision on how on on the movie and not rely on recreating shots from previous scenes of the franchise. Right. So, but as far as like just little winks and nods here and there, yeah, I thought they did great with that, and that's you know kind of fan servicing, which is fine, and that's kind of what these movies are, anyways. Uh. I thought it was great to see Nev Campbell just like just aging. What's the adage aging with grace, which is such a shitty way to say that. But basically you can tell she hasn't had any work done. And 
was like, oh my God, Nev Campbell looks my age. Like, <laughs> cause we're, you know, roughly the same age. And I'm like, wow, we, yeah. Like we have gotten older together <laughs> pretty much because yeah. in the 25 years. I can't quite say the same thing for Courtney Cox, who, mm. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was still, but I'd still, you, the Acting more times I think still you, her. <laughs> yeah, it's still, yeah. And her character, you, you know, grows every time you, every time she's in it, you can see that her character's got some sort of growth. Yeah. Like you get why she's doing X, Y, and Z. Like the superficial stuff is just on the surface, but deep down she really has strong feelings about X, Y, and Z and really cares for the actual people. But, you know, for her, I guess, brand or whatever, for the Gail Weathers brand, it, uh, it, it's got to seem like she doesn't. So it's, yeah, but I didn't, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's, very fan service, but it was, I wouldn't really want it to be any other way, to be honest. Yeah, especially since it's been so long and it was kind of like the perfect way to do it. You know, it's, it's like you said, it's kind of towing the line as far as the nostalgia and wink backs, but yeah, it's, it's, it's enough to keep the people that are familiar with the franchise interested and be like, Oh, I remember this. And then anybody new, Maybe it'll inspire them to go back and watch the originals and then spark new fans. So, but yeah, I, I did enjoy it. There was a lot, few times where I had mouth drop. I'm like, oh my God, you know, because it was just some things I didn't expect. Yes. So I'm thinking, I'm, oh, I know what's going to happen. And then it, nope, happens differently, you know. And um, kind of like the beginning where you have all the technology winks. Um, yeah. Because hacking, like, Back then, that wasn't even a thing. And then, um, just it was it was had a nice balance of comedy. It was serious when it needed to be. It was kind of unexpected. Like I, I figured it was gonna be a good. It was gonna be good or like okay. But yeah. I actually liked it better than okay. Right to the point that if they put them all out in the collection. I probably pick up the collection. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just kind of waiting on that. But um, I was I was satisfied with this. You know, especially with it being a January movie where you're like, eh, it's probably not going to be good. It's a surprise. Surprise. Yep. Surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> even, uh, oh, yeah, even I took Kyla to see it. <laughs> there, was a few, there was a few moments where, you know, it was like, oh, teens are talking about hooking up. I'm like, crap, uh, forgot this is R-rated. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they never, they didn't really go there. There was like some, some make-out scenes and whatnot. But um, it's still, it was still watchable for her. A lot of, a lot of F-bombs. But yeah, they leaned on that a lot. <laughs> like, yeah, I, they, too much. True. So you want to hear something random that I found out about? So apparently David Arquette is a certified Bob Ross painting instructor. Really? Yes. In that he ended up teaching several of the cast members how to paint like the legendary artist during filming breaks. That's, I mean, that's actually a cool skill to have. Right? <laughs> I wish I could paint like him. Right? Uh, <laughs> paint happy yeah. trees. Yep. But you would want to hear, uh, I would want to hear, I would want to hear Roger Jackson's 
Ghostface voice do it though. Would you like to paint happy trees? <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite Bob Ross episode? Your uh, favorite paint. Yeah. <laughs> do you like acrylic? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh man. But yeah, it so yeah, so <laughs> so at the end of the film, when the title card appears that reads for Wes in memory of the original director of the franchise, Wes Craven, you can hear birds chirping. That is due to the fact that in his free time, Wes Craven was an avid bird watcher and enthusiast. Can you imagine just walking around some like park in LA and then you see Wes Craven with binoculars just looking at birds? Just random. Yeah, it's like, oh my God, maybe he's thinking about remaking the birds. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just didn't. No, it's just a hobby. It's like staring at birds. Yep. You'll never Uh, guess what happened today. I saw Wes Craven in the park watching birds. Yeah. (laughs) Just calm. Yeah. (laughs) Chilling. It's just like a regular person. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, one of the newer actors, Mason Gooding, wrote an essay about the first Scream uh, while he was a student at NYU. He told the directors of the new Scream about his essay during his audition, and they asked if they could read it. Mason was then later cast in the movie. (laughs) So there you go, kids. Stay in school. Write an essay. Wind up in a movie about a movie that you were just writing an essay about. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, but yeah, no, I really, I really, uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was awesome. And I was definitely, I don't want to say pleasantly surprised, but I was happy with the outcome. I was glad I went and saw it. Yeah. Uh, Ruth really wants to go. So I don't know when we're going to find time for the two of us to go, but I think it's a good addition to the franchise. I feel like if they make any more, they probably ought to just have a tick. It needs to be separate or just rebooted, whatever. Just have a set in a different town. New characters, everything. Start I think, fresh. Yep, start this fresh. Is, this is a good ending. Yes. Just good cap. Yep. Put a bow on it. Just, yeah. Call it a day. So. Oh, goodness. Crazy. All right, you're up, my friend. All right. <clears throat> so, I'm just going to be giving my two cents on Don't Look Up, which you've already covered. And um, at first, I wasn't sure about it because I was kind of on the fence. But um, once it got to the point where the agenda changed, and it became less about trying to deflect this comet and more about, ooh, there's minerals. We can make money off this. I'm like, yeah, that's, that seems about fitting. Yeah. <laughs> and then the initial response was just to, to sit back and assess. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I mean, even if this ends up being like a Simpsons episode where it just burns up in the atmosphere and becomes like the size of a golf ball or something. You just can't, you know, you can't not take it serious, especially when exactly. 
because it's just better to take it serious, figure out your plan, especially with six months out. Shoot, you can do all kind of different things, chip away at it, and then eventually either hook rockets to it, push it out of its orbit, have it go elsewhere, or, you know, do what they ultimately did as far as attaching explosives and having it blow up into smaller chunks, which, you know, it seems like they didn't even assess the possible dangers of losing some of their devices and whatnot. Yeah. But, um, but once it got to that point where the agenda changed, that's when I started kind of really liking it because <laughs> you see it was very similar as far as the, I guess their, um, uh, the way they, what's the word? Uh, their portrayal of the president and government, it just felt very familiar. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that with how they responded <laughs> yes. and how they presented things and then the mob mentality about you know, it was like they were saying, like, like, look up, and then they were coming out saying, no, don't look up, you know, just the opposite of this. And it's like, y'all are just dumb. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Jonah Hill, even though he's not in it a lot, he's, on, you know, he, he pretty much steals the scenes as far as the comedy. Um, I like Jennifer Lawrence. It seemed like she really cared about playing this role. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's nice to see her actually invested. Yep. You know, which I understand, you know, X-Men, she was tired of that. Yeah. And um, then Leonardo DiCaprio just seemed like a whole different character from what he's ever played before. It's real yep. nerdy, geeky. He seemed like the older version of um character from uh, Big Bang Theory. Um, oh, Sheldon? No, no. The no. guy. The other one? Um, I can't think of his name. Johnny Galecki's character? I believe, yeah. It's kind of seemed like an older version of him. Yeah, <laughs> I can see that. the glasses and everything. Right, yeah. And uh, and it just showed his character, how he just got caught up in the limelight of being on TV. And honestly, I forgot he even had a family. Until <laughs> 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 the wife showed up, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's married. And I was like, how does he... Maybe it showed just how people can get caught up. And just, just got caught up in it all. And he forgot his... I guess his, you know, his loyalties and whatnot, but, um, but overall, I, I did enjoy it. I like, even at the end, I kind of, you know, see like stuff that's probably happened now. The, the rich and able, <laughs> privileged to probably got those kind of contingency plans for them. Yeah. So I was like, well, that's not surprising. Nope. But, over, but overall, it was good. It took a minute for me to really get into it, but once yeah, I did, I was. Yeah. That's kind of how I was, too. It it does kind of beat you over the head with the self-awareness that, well, not self-awareness, with the, hey, this is what's actually going on here. It's just not a comment. It's just a you know a pandemic instead. Yeah. That was a little, I could have done with a little bit a little less of that. It's like, yeah, no, we get it. We're, I mean, even the dumbest of dumb people like myself get it, okay? We just don't need it that much. Right. <laughs> like. You could tone that part down a little bit because, you know, people will figure it out. So, but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it though. Yeah, I just couldn't get. I just hated Jennifer Lawrence's bangs. That just, uh, that was bothering me so much in that movie. I'm like, girlfriend, you have friends. And Jonah Hill was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> loved his character. He's such a, oh, he's such a douche. <laughs> he's so good at it. Plays it well. Yep. All right, for my final one, I watched uh, 
watched Tick, Tick, Boom. And uh, on Netflix, this is a musical. So Patrick probably won't watch it. But I still think he should because it's amazing. Anyways, uh, on the cusp of his 30th birthday, a promising young theater composer navigates love, friendship, and the pressures of life as an artist in New York City. Starring Andrew Garfield as Jonathan Larson, Alexandra Shipp as uh, Susan, Robin DeJesus as Michael, Vanessa Hudgens as Caressa, Joshua Henry as Roger, Jonathan Mark Sherman as Ira Weitzman, uh, Michaela J. or MJ Rodriguez as Carolyn, Ben Levy Ross as Freddie, Judith Light as Rosa Stevens, Rosa Stevens, and Bradley Whitford as Steven, Steven Sondheim. So this movie is a, or this movie musical, I guess I should say, came out November 19th on Netflix. It, uh, it is based on the lyricist and composer uh, Jonathan Larson, who is the one that, I guess you could say created the musical rent. He's the one that wrote, you know, wrote it and uh, wrote and directed it. And it's about his life trying to come up with that first hit. He comes up with this musical called Susperia and he, uh, and it's about him trying to get everybody's attention to try and come and uh, watch it kind of like a preview and he ends up getting a hold of all of these different famous people to come watch and this kind of preview and even was able to get Stephen Stephen Sondheim to show up. Bradley Whitford looks eerily similar, similar to Stephen Sondheim in this movie. Like they did an amazing job on hair and makeup because he looks just like him. Cause I actually looked up a picture of Stephen Sondheim I was like, holy crap, that's like almost spitting image. So they, he ends up getting a voicemail from Steven Sondheim. Basically, everything that his agent, who wasn't really paying much attention to him, so he had to do all the grunt work. And then finally, she calls him and says, you know, all these people are, you know, showing up and everyone thinks it's really good and they can't wait for your next one. Basically saying, this one's not good enough to be on to you know be put into production but they can't wait for your next one see your next one because it will be more or less and then he ended up getting an actual voicemail from steven sondheim saying hey give me a call i i really enjoyed your i really enjoyed your show uh i've got a few tips that i'd like to give you that you know if you would like them on how to make this better So and he, so basically, Jonathan Larson feels that if you don't create your masterpiece before you're 30, you're never going to make it. Because Sondheim created his when he was 26, I think. And he goes off on different other people that composed and made great work. You know, the Beatles <laughs> created all their best work before they were 30. And that you can't. He just has this, put him, you know, undue pressure on himself to make all of this happen before he turns 30, which happens in like six days. 
and then it shows down how many days left until. So tick, tick, boom is the musical. It's got musical numbers left and right. It's got, it's directed by Lin-Manuel Miranda. I forgot to, forgot to mention that part. Um, and written by uh, Stephen Levinson and, you know, based on the musical by Jonathan Larson. So he made the Tick, Tick, Boom musical and then also Rent. The real Jonathan Larson actually passed away the morning of the preview, you know, the morning of the preview for like opening day of Rent. When it was an off-Broadway show, he passed away that morning, so he never got to see Rent in person. You know, performed because he passed away that morning from sort of, sort of like a genetic heart thing that he was unaware of. And yeah, it was yeah. I, I read more about him while this was on. And just became more and more fascinated with the story behind this. And it is, I mean, it's heartbreaking, but it is so much good music in this. And there's so many nods to Broadway musicals. There are so many cameos from people involved in Broadway production, you know, Broadway shows, actors, actors, uh, composers, directors, like Tons of them. I posted an article on her Facebook group page that shows all the behind the scenes, like nods to it. Uh, that's very fascinating to to look through, especially if you're a fan of you know Broadway shows. You'll really find this fascinating, and it may make you want to go back and watch it again if you haven't. You know, if you've already seen it, and it is just it's so good. Andrew Garfield is so good in this even better than he was in no way home. <laughs> but this movie is amazing. I really enjoyed it. I, I'm probably going to rewatch it again here soon. Uh, it's very well done, beautifully directed. And yes, when Manuel Miranda has like a small, small cameo, like a smaller, cam- like even, even M night would go, that's not a cameo. <laughs> I'll show you a cameo. <laughs> yeah. It's very brief. Like, Oh, okay. But there's some people, even if you're just a novice at Broadway, you'll be like, even if you've just seen Hamilton, two of the two of the ladies from Hamilton are in it. Um, two of the other guys from Free Love Supreme are also in it. It's free. Sorry. Freestyle Love Supreme. Let me get it correctly. Uh, are also in it. It's just as cameos like like we're not trying to be a part of this, but we'll just be in it for a split second. And. Yeah, it's just very well done. I'm so Andrew Garfield would certainly get nominated for this, and I would be happy if he won. He'd be the one I root for. Just like I think Jessica Chastain is amazing, and the eyes of Tamma Faye, that's going to be the person I'm rooting for this award season to win that. Uh, Andrew Garfield is just amazing. And yeah, the whole story behind this is just as fascinating as the musical watching this. So, highly recommend. Highly recommend. So look for this to, uh, you know, make a run for for the awards seasons. I mean, Andrew Garfield did win Best Actor in Musical or Comedy uh, Golden Globes this year for his role as Jonathan Larson in this. So already starting off strong. 
Boom. Yeah. So he's got my vote for sure. I had one more movie, but I think I'm going to hold off and talk about that one next week. So bum, bum, bum. Cliffhanger. Yes. Uh, we've only got one trailer this week mm-hmm. and I had to dig to find this. So because the world needs another Pinocchio movie. Uh, Netflix, it will be dropping this December. The uh, Guillermo del Toro vision of Pinocchio. Apparently it's going to be stop motion. There is a teaser trailer out for it right now. So starring Sebastian J. Cricket. <laughs> it's basically the only character that's in this trailer, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm curious to see this take on, on the story, see what fresh way to tell it. Guillermo's got uh got going. I mean, I'm on board. I like Guillermo. He always has a, he always has great creative. His creativity really knows no bounds. So I I'm kind of excited for it. So guess we'll see. Hmm. Let me see what's coming out this week. I don't think we have much though. Because it is January, so oh, the King's Daughter came out this past week. I obviously did not go see that. Scream was definitely higher in the priority. Oh, this is the week where Morbius was supposed to come out. You know what's funny? They showed a preview when we went to watch Scream, and it still had it January. I'm like, yeah, it's a shame they couldn't update this trailer with the new April release time. Yeah, just scratch it out on it on the film reel. Yeah. yeah, it's almost, it's almost embarrassing. Like when I went to see um, the first time going to see Spider Man No Way Home, they showed the Sonic trailer, but it was the original Sonic from. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Man, somebody really dropped the ball on this one. Right. <laughs> first, I thought it was going to be like a combo. Like they go start out with the old one, then just blast to the new one. Like, no, it's full trailer for the original. <laughs> That's funny. Crazy. At least it wasn't the OG with the bad Sonic. Right. That still would have been funny, though. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, now they really are punking us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Orphan First Kill comes out Friday, and I believe uh, Cyrano with with Peter Dinklage, based on the Cyrano de Bergerac story, is supposed to also be coming out Friday. So, I'm not sure if it's just going to come to streaming or if it's actually going to come to theaters. And then in two weeks. February 4th, we have the movie Nobody's in Line to Go See, Moonfall. I mean, I'm there. <laughs> I'm glad I'm, well, you shouldn't have a hard time finding a seat, I don't think. I think ah. it's going to be tough. Might be a little bit tough. <laughs> the the then, tough thing is trying to decide the perfect place to sit. <laughs> exactly. F8 every time. <laughs> F8 is my fate. And that's the seat I pick every time I go to the theater. So... Um, and then Jackass Forever, because that's where everybody's going to be at. Nobody will be at Moonfall. Everybody will be at Jackass Forever. <laughs> York, <laughs> York really wants to go see it. I'm like, <sighs> you got to screen it first. <laughs> yeah, let me go watch this one first, and then maybe we need, maybe we need to find Jackass 3D 
and then rewatch it and see if that one's somewhat suitable, and then he could just watch that one instead. Yeah. But, uh, so. It'd, be inter- it'd be interesting going to see Moonfall if Jackass is right next to it. Then you'll see the hear the uh, hear them laughing, compete, laughing, and all of the craziness. Then pretty sure there's gonna be a lot of silence. It's gonna be a lot of talking mm-hmm. in Moonfall. So right. <laughs> so I'll probably get a little preview of Jackass. Yeah, <laughs> that would be hilarious. Turns out Moonfall is just a Jackass stunt gone wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be the last time to shoot Wee Man out of a rocket. <laughs> now the Moonsk. See Johnny Knoxville being shoot up with his angel wings and then he winds up at the moon and it comes, starts collapsing. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Alright, well, you know. It's that time of year. Yep. Alright. Well, with that being said, we hope everyone has an amazing week. Uh, hopefully you have nice weather this week where you're at and uh, can get out and enjoy it a little bit. And wish me luck on finding a recycling center to drop off this cardboard. (laughs) Everybody have an amazing week. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed our show and have a moment, please rate and review. It helps us out a lot. Also, recommend us to someone that enjoys movies or also has kids. You can find us on Twitter at PA Movie Podcast and on Instagram at Parental underscore advisory underscore movie underscore pod. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Parental Advisory Movie Podcast, and join in on the fun.